From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra is in full swing. We haven't talked to the, the uh, orchestra in a while. We'll maybe pick that up here this week. And producer Dan, of course, is across the desk, commanding the controls as we uh, come to you somewhat blurry-eyed or bleary-eyed this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, I'll tell you what, yesterday yesterday did me in. Pelicans Media Day and Monday Night Football. Um, got up this morning. And just uh, I couldn't get moving. JD had an eyelash in my. Eye. You know I'm I'm really whining. <laughs> I had an eyelash in my eye. I'm still not recovered from that. That is one of the my most annoying things in the whole planet. But nothing, nothing. JD though can ruin this Tuesday morning after a dominant performance by the New Orleans Saints last night and day one today of Pelicans training camp. It's well, a good day. Uh, yeah, I was kind of expecting a spanking from the Saints last night. I thought, you know, all the factors and everything, all the trappings would lead to that kind of thing. I didn't know how good Miami was going to be, but I don't think it was really going to matter. Uh, the Saints at home on Monday night is about as money as you can get nowadays. That's nine straight. And uh, I just thought they they'd handled their business pretty well. And yeah, I'm pretty excited to be walking across the parking lot a little a little while from now and, and checking out a, whatever portion of the Pelicans practice we can see. You know, whether that's just the stretching and the uh, calisthenics, or if we actually get to see some guys do some layups. I don't know. Just the sound of a basketball <laughs> on the hardwood would be fine with me. Just even for a few minutes. Um, 38-17, the final score last night at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, no question, uh, there is an undeniable pop for this city. Uh, when the Saints play and play well in prime time. And just, you know, a tremendous buzz nationally, not only last night post game, but listening on the radio to different national store, uh, shows coming in this morning. You know, the, the Saints and the, and the city are the, are the talk of the sports world alongside, you know, the baseball postseason gearing up now. Um, so it's all good. This was a tremendous lift. Uh, and speaking of lift, now it's some heavy lifting coming up with regard to the Saints' schedule the next two weeks as you approach the bye. So. Uh, I think that uh, by 2.30 this afternoon on this Tuesday when Sean Payton addresses the media, uh, the Saints will have uh, flushed uh, the uh, the win. I know that sometimes we talk about flushing losses. You have to flush wins too. They'll do that and look forward here because these next two, Chicago and New England, are going to be uh, not nearly as easy as uh, the last couple have been for the Saints. Nonetheless, they're 4-0, J.D. And, and some of the things that have um, been characteristic about this team through the first month of the season – were accentuated last night, and 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 I'm not sure we saw growth in any area. I just thought we saw improvement or building upon what we've already seen over the first couple of weeks. Well, we I will say this: we continue to see this offense getting back to to what it's been. They scored uh, 39 points the first two games, and now to post 31 and 38 in the next two games. That's more along the lines of what we expect to see out of this offense. Now, this defense has been a pleasant surprise this entire season. Uh, these guys continue to get out to the quarterback, and they continue to create turnovers. That's, if I'm not mistaken, 10 turnovers in the first four games. And last year, I was kind of going, you know, doing a little 
research. I think they had six in the first four games, and certainly they weren't creating stops the way they are this year. I mean, yeah, they're giving up a few yards here and there, and you know, you'll know you see them give up a touchdown, but these guys adjust on the fly as well as any Saints defense has in, in a few years. So these guys are really putting their money where their mouth is. They're really getting the stops. They're getting the turnovers. They're pressuring the quarterback. All the things you want a defense to do. And if you can get that much out of this defense on this team, then you figure Drew Brees and this offense are going to take care of the rest. They're going to figure out a way to get the ball in the end zone. They were three three or four in the red zone last night. That follows up a game where they were three for five. And, again, that's more along the lines of what we expect out of them. They were one for seven in the red zone the first two games, weren't scoring particularly well. They seem to have cleaned up those areas, and that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be more proficient in the red zone, and they've done that, and they're putting points on the board, and that's what we expect out of them. There's no doubt. 4-0 uh, from 0-4. Wow, what a turnaround. How different we uh, felt just a year ago. Uh, not only on the Saints front, but the Pelicans front, too, and that's a part of our program today on the Black and Blue Report. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, coming up in our second segment, we're going to take you through some of the post-game locker room sound from last night's New Orleans Saints win. That includes Drew Brees and uh, Cam Jordan, and uh, that should be very entertaining to say the least. Um, certainly, both were in good spirits after the big win. Cam, did you see Cam? You saw what Cam was wearing on? You know, you saw the glasses. Sunglasses, oh, I interviewed him. Whatever oh, yeah. they were, what were they? They they looked like they looked like some Elton John would wear. Yes, and 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 the sides. What do you? I don't wear glasses, so what do you call the side things on your glasses? The I, things that go back to your ears. Is there a name for that? The arms. Huh. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Arms. Looked like like bamboo or something. Yeah. And then the frames were multicolored. I should have really paid. They had lenses. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he went Russell yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, they looked on me, like they had. I'm telling you, he looked kind of yeah. Elton Johnish. He, he yeah. had a little hat and some rhinestone. Well, between that and Junior Gallet's red shoes last night, that now, I Junior, did not. I'm see. not. I don't want to play the sound from Junior Gallet because um, that was an angry man after a win last night. Really? Yeah. I did not hear him. I something did was going on, and I actually tweeted about it during the game. Something was going on with the Miami offensive line. I saw a cheap shot. There was a timeout in the second half. Well, and from the press box, you never really know, but it sure like, looked like Sean Payton called his entire defense over basically to say, don't get baited. We're doing well, fine here. Don't mess this I up. I saw him have a little verbal exchange yeah. with somebody from the Dolphins. I didn't know exactly what it was about, but I did see him have a little bit of a verbal exchange. Yeah. And, you know, you get in the trenches with those big guys, and there's no telling what happens down there. So Junior wasn't quite himself. So I don't want to – I just want to let that be. Yeah. I, it might be up on NewOrleansSaints.com if you want to check it out. But as far as this show goes today, let's just let us just let it be. Yeah. So, um, all right, what did I say? Oh, yeah, Drew, uh, Drew and Cam – Segment two. We're also going to uh, focus heavy on the Pelicans today. We're going to have a lot more of that now in the Black and Blue Report. Now that the Pelicans are in season, it's going to be well-balanced, to say the least. But we're going to take you through some of the media day festivities yesterday. Uh, John got to sit down with uh, Anthony Davis, who, by the way, is a, is a changed man. He's grown up a bit here in the last year. Uh, John will visit with AD on today's program, and we'll also hear from head coach Monty Williams and Pelicans general manager Del Demps. So a very full show for you. Um, and we're going to get a cup of coffee and uh, wake ourselves up a little more for you, and we'll be right back, and we'll get all into all this good stuff on the Black and Blue Report after these messages. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer my auctioner? 
which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor. Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans Mobile Alerts. Visit Pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Saints beat the Dolphins last night, 38-17. Pelicans Media Day yesterday. We'll get more on the Pelicans as we go along during today's Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. Uh, Kind of breaking down last night's win to move the Saints to 4-0. and oh, Sean Payton will speak with the media on this Tuesday afternoon at 2.30. And uh, so, therefore, that's past our deadline. We will not have that day after head coach presser for you on today's Black and Blue Report. Uh, John, we kind of touched on some of the 30,000-feet the thoughts of last night's football game. Let's kind of zero in on some of the pretty cool stories that evolved last night. And, and let's just start with number nine. You know, his assault on the rec- on the record books – uh, continues. There's so many of them. As I'm looking at my sheet here, I I, I don't even know kind of where to start. Look, the bottom line is this: he's playing maybe as well as we've seen him, and we've seen uh, some real good stuff out of Drew Brees over the years in the black and gold. But but right now, when you look at what's happening, he hits for over 300 yards for what 59th straight game. Yeah, that ties his yeah, own record. Right? Game ties his own record. He, Passes John Elway for fourth place all time in the, in the NFL record books with regard to career completions last night, 4,146. He now has the third longest uh, win streak on Monday Night Football with nine straight wins that ties him with Joe Montana. Um, and it's also the ninth consecutive game. Uh, let's see. Hold on here. Oh, 59 straight, probably with 20-plus completions. completions. Sorry about that. Nine straight games that he's yes. thrown for 300 or more yards. That ties his own record. He can break his own record at Chicago uh, next Sunday. So, with all that being said, um, he's getting help, and there's no there's no doubt about that. And the help is coming in a number of different ways. Eight different receivers caught footballs last night from Drew Brees. 
Uh, none more than I think. Check your stat sheet there. None more than than Jimmy yeah. Graham or Darren Sproles. Uh, Darren right? Sproles uh, led both teams seven receptions and both teams with 114 yards. Right, right. So Sproles' fine season continues. Graham's season continues. And here is Breeze talking about how much uh, better or why it's been working so much better with those two guys this year. Well, I, you know, we move them around so much. Uh, we do so many things with them. Um, that I think it's hard for defenses to, to get a key on exactly where they're going to be. And there's other guys you got to worry about, too. Um, and I think the tempo at which we play as well, um, you know, forces defenses to, you know, at times kind of be a little bit on their heels, just, you know, trying to trying to check into a certain defense or get guys lined up or what have you. And, and, and we like to operate that way, you know, so as to really dictate the tempo of a game. So Graham was big, Sproles was big, Breeze was big. John uh, Marcus Colston uh, picked it up in the second half, and he almost became the third Saints wide receiver with 100-plus yards last night. Um, you know, the the thing is this. When you look at how Breeze worked the game last night and capitalized on momentum, that's what strikes me the most. Well, he's got a coach, Sean Payton, who believes in uh, stepping on your throat when he gets the opportunity. So they get a turnover um, in Miami territory, and the first thing they do is take a poke for the end zone. I mean, that's what these guys do. Drew Brees and Sean Payton like to get you in a position where there's a knockout punch, and that was the knockout punch. I believe it ended up being a touchdown to Jimmy Graham, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember who exactly who it was to, but you know that's the knockout punch. These guys look for that big punch to deflate you, to put you in a position where you feel pretty helpless and you could see the life kind of sift out of Miami last night. Miami had to abandon their game plan because they fell behind. The game plan they had for the first half actually was working pretty well. Short passes from Ryan Tannehill to get the ball out of his hands because they don't protect so well. And also uh, they were doing pretty good in the running game. So, you know, they stayed tight for mo most of the first half. But the Saints get a turnover near the end of the first half. Jabari Greer, they poke it in for a touchdown, 21-10. All of a sudden, they get that three and out to start the second half, and bam, score a touchdown. Now all of a sudden it's 28-10, and Miami's game plan's got to go out the window. Was is it Mike? You know the prophet Mike Tyson who says, you know, everybody's got a game plan until you get hit in the mouth. Yes, right. Well, they got hit in the mouth, and then the game plan goes out the window. I really thought that was a key point in the game. I was concerned because I thought that Tannehill and the Dolphins could punch one in the late in the first half. Their two-minute offense was set up. They had fairly decent field position. And the other thing was they were going to get the ball to start the second half. So literally, the Dolphins could have scored to end the first half and gotten the ball right back to start the second half. And then, as you mentioned, the turnover turns it around at the end of the first half, and then the defense forces the three and out to start the second half. Breeze was uh, certainly happy about being 4-0 last night, but the encouraging thing is this, as number nine pointed out, that their best football still may yet to come we haven't played our best football you know we we still a lot of room for improvement you know and, and that's a good thing to be sitting here 4-0 saying we still haven't played our best um left some opportunities out there tonight um scored 38 should have been more you know so we're going to need you know to to be able to make those plays as we progress through the season um you know we can't continue to walk off the field feeling like we we missed out on opportunities we got to take advantage of them defensively john um it's another standout performance I thought that the defense played fast and aggressive right out of the starter's gate, and after talking to the players at the end of the game, that's exactly what Peyton told them to do with regard to how they should approach the Dolphins. Yeah, they were a little bit, I think, caught off balance early, uh, again, with the quick passing game, and also Miami got some nice runs on them, but they adjusted, they adapted, 
And Greer's interception was a perfect example of exactly what was going on. Greer said they ran that route on him a couple of times, got some completions off of it, and got some productive play out of it. And he basically jumped the route. <laughs> and, the you know, now I got I, I will say this for Ryan Tannehill. I kind of felt sorry for him because it looked like his receiver gave up on him on that route. But that was because Jabari Greer had jumped the route. And, you know, if you got a young receiver, he doesn't necessarily run all the way through it and try to make a play for you. So it looked like Greer was the intended receiver more so than anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but the vet, you know, knows it. he said, you know, he's seen the formation a couple of times. They've been productive off of it. He knew what was coming. He jumps the route. He gets the pick. That sounds like you're 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 invoking the gone to the well one too many times theory. Well, exactly. Yeah. I, but that's a second year quarterback and he sees some success with a play and they're going to keep on going to the well. They're going to keep going to the same thing because they feel like, OK, we've got something good working here. And you can't do that against veteran guys who have that kind of recognition, who've been around the league enough. They know when you line up in that formation, okay, I've seen this three times already. I'm going to take a chance here because I feel like we can steal one. Cam Jordan had another great night. He is stepping into the class of almost unguardable. Um, he's been a handful for most everybody. And he talked post game with us about when the uh, defense truly uh, was able to see the momentum start to swing in their favor. The moment Junior got his first sack and sort of started the sack party off, I felt the momentum change. I mean, he beat him off the edge. Look at him. He's cooling right now. This dude's like the coolest guy alive. Um, but, I mean, he, he had a tremendous pass rush and uh, ended up with the sack. And once that started, everybody just felt the momentum change. So, John, that sack party really didn't get started until the second half. But, boy, as soon as the gate opened, it was on. Well, these guys can rush to pass a man. I mean, Tyron Walker, Glenn Foster, um, Cam Jordan, Junior Gillette, they've got guys who when you put them in position where they can, you know, get after the quarterback, they can not only get after him, but they can get him to the ground. Cam Jordan, as you mentioned, you know, he really is, I don't want to say unblockable, but I tell you what, he's been pretty close to unblockable these first four games. Nobody's been able to keep him out. And then you've got Junior Gillette coming from the other side. So you've got guy, two guys who – Right now, at least through four games, have been premier pass rushers. And if you can get a lead and give them an opportunity to do what they do best, because Cam plays the run well also, so he's an every-down lineman. And all these guys have to do, if all they've got to do is run through some linemen, they've shown already that they're able to do that. And now you throw in the young guys, Tyron Walker and Glenn Foster and Akeem Hicks. Those guys are also getting after the passer. And Jay Richardson. And so the, the Saints are really doing a great job of getting to the quarterback. And sometimes it's not just getting a sack. Sometimes it's just putting the pressure and making him throw it away and making him throw it up for grabs. Anything else before we put a wrap on last night's win? Uh, no, I mean, you know, they've been really impressive. Uh, one of five unbeatens in the league right now. And so you want to keep it rolling going to Chicago. Hadn't had great success in Chicago the last couple of times they've been there, but they've been close losses. But, uh, you know, you want to you know keep that thing rolling against the Bears. And we know the Bears are going to be a strong defensive team. So you're going to have to see how you measure up that way. Last night's game was uh, game number 100 in the regular season for Sean Payton as a head coach. His career record now in the regular season, 66-34. and 34. As John mentioned, Chicago coming up this weekend. It is a short week. So after last week's adjustments for extending the NFL week by a day, things get tightened up here this week. And that also means travel on Saturday, which really tightens things up as that game is set to go on Sunday at Soldier Field. 38-17, the final score. When we come back here on the Black and Blue Report, we turn our attention to the hardwood and check in with the Pelicans as they are now underway. Training Camp 2013. We'll be right back after this. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans. 
Show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Well, 16 players are over there sweating through it at the new Pelicans practice facility. Two-a-days begin today for the New Orleans Pelicans. A morning workout and then one later on this evening. That'll be the schedule uh, this Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, Friday will be a morning practice and then travel to Houston for preseason game number one on Saturday night. I'll have the play-by-play for you on our flagship station. That's 105.3 FM, WWL-FM on Saturday night from Houston. So it is here. We're ready to go. That'll be the first of eight preseason games the Pelicans will play uh, here in the month of October. So yesterday, J.D., was media day, um, and certainly it was good to talk basketball. We've been so focused on football, and rightfully so. It was good to uh, see the guys all back in uniform, in their new gym, the whole nine yards. Um, So we got started yesterday, what, about 11.15, 11.20, I guess? Yeah, somewhere in there, and dragged a little bit. And I uh, got to uh, have a great interview with all the players. If you missed it yesterday, we did a live stream uh, with David Wesley yesterday from uh, the training camp floor uh, and, and had folks just kind of stopping by. While that was going on, uh, producer Dan was getting his work done and uh, J.D. was interviewing some players that we can uh, feature for you here during uh, Black and Blue Report and on the uh, Pelicans broadcast coming up. We should note, you know what, I'll, I'll save that for the last segment about the Monty Williams show. So yesterday, media day starts with the press conference from the general manager and the head coach. So let's let's walk you through uh, through that before we get to uh, John and Anthony Davis in uh, segment four. Dell Demps was up first. Uh, he had a busy, busy summer to say the least. And Demps started off by telling uh, everyone what he likes about this year's team. I like the core. Um, I like the personalities. I like you know guys can do different things. We have some options. Uh, and I'm really excited, you know, talking to Monty and, you know, some of the 
the, 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 the groups that we can put together. And so, you know, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't wait for, you know, training camp to start. Demps also talked about the health of the ball club and individually went to, to Austin Rivers and began a discussion on him. Uh, Rivers uh, is a changed man, too. A big difference in, in his demeanor, John, from what we saw as he entered his rookie training camp last year. Well, he definitely seems to have learned from the experience. He's saying all the right things. He injured that hand, broke, broke a bone in his hand, and it just so happened at the time that he was playing his best basketball of the season. Um, they say the game had slowed down for him some. He was beginning to convert around the rim. Still hadn't grown comfortable shooting jump shots, but you know, he was pretty decent on the defensive end. So, you know, from that standpoint, he missed the last what, 18, 20 games. And you hate to see his growth stunted that way because, you know, there's a lot of game minutes you know, and a lot of uh, maturity to be gained from being on the court. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who's very eager to get back on the court now because of those, because of the time missed. Yeah, that's true. And that's exactly what Demp said about Rivers, and reverting back to that moment last season when it started to go south with that injury. I still remember sitting in the locker room with him when we told him that, you know, he broke his hand. And, um, you know, he, he got off to a rough start, but then he was really starting to play well. And I thought he was playing well on both ends. I thought on defensive end he was really competing and guarding guys. And then, you know, on the offensive end, he, things had slowed down for him. He had started to figure things out. But he's had a really good summer. He played very well in summer league. He participated in offseason conditioning, and he's in great shape. Um, he's been spending a lot. I mean, he, he stays in the gym. I mean, the other day, you know, most of the guys had left around 11, 30, 12. He was still there about 1.30 working on his game. And so um, his commitment is there. And um, – you know, he, he's definitely put the time in. The other nice thing that Dell talked about yesterday was really the comparison between what this roster looks like and the previous rosters that he's had as the general manager of the, the then Hornets, now Pelicans. And uh, there were a couple notable thoughts in, in this fight, too. I think that the difference is, is that, you know, the new faces that we're bringing in, the young core, and like our, we, we have a core group together right now that is, that is relatively young, and that's what makes it different. And, you know, I think last year we kind of, you know, we're kind of finding ourselves. And the the first year I was here, you know, we had a, a veteran group, and so just the the new faces, you know, that that's going to be the the thing. And watching the guys take that next step, you know, that's that's for us is to take that next step. So after Dell Demps, head coach Monty Williams took to the podium and spoke to the media first time uh, for this season. Uh, one of the main topics, and you knew it was going to be one of the early questions, was regarding number ten, Eric Gordon, uh, who's healthy going into camp. Uh, and is going to go at it five-on-five today in training camp. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Williams, happy for Eric and for his ball club as a result. Eric certainly has the ability to be a guy who can play on both ends of the floor, and we've been really tried to be smart with him this summer. He just got clearance from his doctor in uh, L.A. and our doctors, so he's going to be ready to get going here. He did a lot of conditioning with the team but didn't get – total clearance until this past week and so that was good for us but he has the ability to score the ball he can defend his position I think his first game with us he knocks down a game-winning shot so we know that he can do that and now he we feel like he has some other guys on the team younger guys but guys who've been in games before that can that can grow with him you know JD with a with a healthy Eric Gordon now and with the new pieces like Drew Holiday um, Tyreek Evans the athleticism of a guy like Aminu, 
and the same goes for your power forward and Anthony Davis. Everybody's been talking about will Monty Williams change it up a bit and and look to run more, much like he did kind of early on with when he had the athletes with his first team here. Uh, it was interesting. I thought this was a really in-depth answer from Coach Williams. I want you to listen to it first and then get your comment on it. Here's Coach Williams about being a more athletic or up-and-down team, however you want to call it. We want to run more. I, I think every coach wants to, but <clears throat> I think our defense took a step back last year, and so we were always taking the ball out of the net, and it limits the ability to run. You know, when teams score on you, they can set their defense. And, you know, we, we've been talking to – as a staff about teams in the past, like the Pistons, when they won during their bad boy era, they were, you know, they scored over 100 points a game, like 106 or something like that. They were one of the best defensive teams in the league. They got stops. They were able to run. The only team I've really, I've seen that can run out of the net was the Phoenix teams uh, with Stoudemire and Marion and Nash. It's hard to run nowadays out of the net. And so, yeah, we want to run, um, but we got to get stops. And that's that's something that all of our guys, even in their pickup games, I'm listening to our guys talk about our principles, even in a pickup game. And that's pretty cool. So that's the kind of basketball insight you get from Monty Williams. And, you know, he he doesn't overshare, but when he does share, it, it usually learns something. And I did listening to that comment there. Yeah, absolutely. He he is a defense first guy. He is not a guy, and he, you know, you've seen some teams in the past. You know, maybe I guess the old ABA Nuggets, and 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 maybe some of the current Nuggets, and maybe nowadays the Golden State Warriors, who will run regardless. But Monty Williams believes, you know, it's almost like you earn the right to run. You get a stop, and now you can run. But you know, he doesn't want it, you know, to be where you're taking the ball out of the net and that kind of and and trying to push it in those situations. He wants to get the stop and then score in transition. The other topic um, that you and I were chatting about yesterday is, well, we've been chatting about this for some time. Who is your starting five? How do you make the new pieces fit with the old? Um, and so part of that conversation is Tyreek Evans. And we got a little hint from Coach yesterday, at least early on. And again, camp will change everything, perhaps. At least early on, it looks like Evans is going to be your stud wing guy off the bench. And Monty was quick to point out yesterday that despite what maybe you've read or heard, Evans, Tyreek Evans, seems to be A-OK with that role. That was one of the things that we brought up with him before we signed him. You know, was he good with coming off of the bench? It's never been an issue for him. He said he just wanted to be here. And I think the idea of playing with Ryan and Jason in the, in the second unit is probably exciting for him because it, it should open up some alleys for him to get to the basket. But it's also something we have to work out in camp to make sure everybody's on the same page. And, John, I'm okay with whether he's coming off the bench or a starter. Just – there's going to be a certain amount of minutes you're going to want to have Tyreek Evans on the floor. I don't care what position it is or whatever, but there's got to be an allotment of minutes for him to make the impact that we've seen already in his career. Well, as you heard Coach Williams say, a lot of these guys, it's about minutes and about also finishing. And you figure Tyreek Evans is going to be on the court at the end. That's where these guys value. You know, They want to be a playmaker at the end of the game, and so he'll get that opportunity. All right, one more thing before we get to John's interview with Anthony Davis. This is the perfect lead-in. This is Monty Williams talking about Davis here in just his second year at the age of 20 now uh, on being a leader for this ball club. With AD, he, um, it's not always comfortable being in that position. And my message to him was learn how to deal with the uncomfortable. It's not always a cool time when you're 20 years old and you got to stand up and tell guys what to do. And I think 
he took on that role this summer and he got more and more used to it. And with Jason's help, he's been better at it. And my thing is, it's no different than putting him on the floor in positions where he can go. I also want him to be able to, to do the same from a leadership role and not have to do the rah-rah speech all the time. You know, leadership usually comes from service, and he's he's always been a good teammate. And now I'm trying to get him to take on the role of demanding from his teammates because he's worked at it. And with that, we're ready to go for John DeShazer's interview with Anthony Davis at the start of this training camp, and we'll have that for you next. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Sean and John here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, this feels good, uh, both of us in the one spot at the same time. That may not be the case over the next several weeks as uh, John and I will be spread uh, across the uh, Pelicans and Saints platforms. Okay, so we promised your uh, interview with Anthony Davis. Why don't you set this up for us real quick? Well, we just want to talk to him heading into, heading into training camp. Um, we saw Coach Williams yesterday, and when he did talk about AD, one of the things he talked about was how AD had bulked up. He said AD was down to 212 pounds, I think, as he finished last season, uh, which is read thin. He's up to about 230. Uh, it looks great on him. And uh, even if he loses, maybe he drops down to maybe 222, 223, as opposed to dropping down to 212. But it really looks good on him. He does some great work in the weight room, and uh, and AD seems ready. Yep. Uh, here is John's visit yesterday in studio with Anthony Davis. AD, um, training camp's about to begin, obviously. Your thoughts on the Pelicans heading into this season? You're going to have a huge role, and there are high expectations for this team, so. Yeah. Um, 
No, I'm excited. You know, uh, got new faces, a lot of new faces, um, old faces as well. Um, and, you know, it, it was rare for guys to come back so early, you know, like a month before, uh, a month and a week before, and start working out again and getting ready, you know. Uh, so, you know, that says a lot about what we're trying to do this year. And um, everybody's excited. You know, uh, everybody's ready to work. And um, can't wait to start training camp tomorrow. You know, what additions have you made to your game? Because obviously you were – uh, coming into your own at the end of last season. Coach said he kind of wanted to feed you a little bit slowly last year, but he said he's told you now just turn loose and let it go. What are some of the additions you've added? Um, a couple post moves, you know, post game uh, got a little better. Jump shot got a lot better. Um, I'm still trying to go out there and still explore. You know, it's only my second year, so there's a lot of things I still have to learn about the league. So I'm still trying to go out there and explore. And, um, like Coach said, he told him to go out there and just play. Like, the rings are off. Like, go hoop, man. Um, that's what I'm going to try to do this season. You know, um, great point guard. Um, and Drew, you know, uh, we got Eric. You know, Eric's back. Um, Tyreek, you know. Uh, so, we got a lot of new faces. Um, Greg. So, um, we're we going to be great this season. We just keep working hard and um, be dedicated. Now, a second consecutive summer with Team USA. Talk about that process and what it can do to a player, I guess, in terms of adding to his game, giving him confidence. Yeah, it definitely uh, builds your confidence. You know, uh, first time I went out there, you know, I didn't play NBA game before. You know, I haven't played any basketball professionally, and um, they threw me in the, <laughs> in the woods with a pack of wolves, you know. So, uh, it was it was it was nervous. I was very nervous. Um, it was uncomfortable for me, but them guys really, you know, welcomed me with open arms and said, "Let's just play," you know. And um, that's the that's the only thing you can ask for. So that really boosted my confidence playing with the Olympic team in London. And then coming back this year, this summer, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, you the vet now? You the vet?" So um, it just builds your confidence. I was just out there just having fun, you know. There was no nerves um, rattling in my body. I was just out there having fun and. Um, when you go out there and be a part of Team USA and USA basketball, it means a lot, you know. And so, um, guys really don't get that. Like, you're not getting paid for it, nothing like that, you know. Um, it's just something that you should want to do and represent your country. And so, um, me having that confidence definitely brought it, going to bring it to training camp. How do you feel physically, Coach? Said uh, last year you finished last season down to maybe 212 or so. He says now you're up to 230 range and that kind of thing. He said obviously it's a good natural weight for you, but how do you feel physically? Oh, I feel great. You know, I feel great. I do the stress testing. Um, took me <laughs> like a minute and a half, two minutes to recover back to normal, you know, uh, breathing. So I feel great. I feel like I'm in great shape and ready to get this ball rolling. Your thoughts about being a leader on this team? Because even though you're a young guy, um, you know, just barely out of teenage years, but you're a, a guy who's expected to have, you know, a high performance level. And coach says he's kind of giving you the the push to say, you know, hey, you work hard. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing to demand that your teammates also rise to that level. Yeah, um, no, it, it was tough. Uh, even last year, you know, coach wanted me to have that role, you know, but not to put put too much pressure on me at the same time. So. Um, but now, you know, uh, seeing a lot of things in the NBA with a lot more to see, you know, coach is still guiding me down that path of becoming this leader, you know, because um, you say in a couple of years, you know, it's just going to be on me. Like, we lose a game we should never lost or lose a big game. You know, it's on my shoulders now. And so he's trying to get me prepared for that. And uh, you know, I've been, I think I've been doing a great job, you know, talking to the guys, you know, being very vocal and um, trying to show them, you know, uh, that, you know, we keep working hard, we can be great, you know. So I'm just trying to, you know, uh, be that leader that he wants me to be, you know, alongside with Drew and, you know, Tyreek and Eric and uh, Jason, you know, all the guys who um, he wants to, you know, be take on that leadership role.
All right, more of that to come, more Pelican stuff that is to come as training camp continues here on campus. Back to wrap things up this uh, Tuesday, right after this. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer in St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Thanks to the internet, anyone can get a show these days. All right, let's put a wrap on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Good one here today. Boy, I love it when we can talk about a Saints win and the the dawn of a new season for the Pelicans, that's for sure. That conversation will continue tomorrow on Wednesday. We're still building up the guest list for the rest of the shows this week on the Black and Blue Report. But you can be assured it'll be, uh, of course, Saints and Pelicans heavy. That's why it's called the Black and Blue Report. Uh, programming note, as they say in the business, on Thursday night, it is show number one of this year's run for the Monty Williams Show. And then again, it will air on our flagship station for the Pelicans. That's 105.3 WWL-FM, 8 p.m. Producer Dan, is that correct? Yes, sir. It's kind of our radio magazine show uh, regarding the Pelicans. We'll uh, recap the offseason talk extensively with Coach Williams about the start of training camp and uh, preview the preseason games to be played this weekend. We'll also get our uh, arms around the Bears for the first time starting tomorrow as uh, the Saints get set to take on Chicago and head back on the road to start the month of October as we are now into the 10th month of the year. Hard to believe. John, enjoyed it today. Had a great time. Always good to be back together. Get the band back together again. Yes, indeed. Uh, Producer Dan, thank you, and uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to follow on Twitter. The show uh, handle is at Black Blue Report. You can uh, follow John at at John DeShazer, and then myself, at Sean Kelly Live, and we'll see you, whether it's on your desktop tomorrow, your mobile device, or through the New Orleans Saints app, or even iTunes, all of it for free and for you. This is the Black and Blue Report. 
I'm Sean Kelly, and so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.